Hello, I'm Rachel Richards, former BBC correspondent and parenting coach with two teenagers and two stepdaughters, and you're listening to Teenagers Untangled. Joining us is my co-host Susie Asley, qualified mindfulness coach, psychotherapist and parent of three teenagers. Hi, Rachel. For those of you listening in the bath, switch off the hot tap, lean back and let's begin. Coming up later in this episode, we talk about moody teenagers, how do you deal with it, and when is it actually a problem that needs help? But first, in the UK, according to the Office for National Statistics, there were 2.9 million lone parent families in 2020, which accounts for just under 14% of families. But that's not all. There are lots of parents who feel like they are working alone, either because their partner is away or takes little interest. Yes, that's still a thing. Now, Susie, you have been a lone parent for much of your children's life. But when it comes to teenagers, we're moving into a whole new territory, aren't we? Yeah, definitely. I mean, I've parented alone since I have twins, um, since they were 15 months and my eldest was just four. So, yeah, for years. <laughs> um, they don't remember it being different. Um, but yes, when they become teenagers, it does. It changes a lot, actually. So I'm a step parent. So I do have the a, a different side to this. I feel both really unqualified and I really don't know anything about this but at the same time I do feel qualified to an extent because I've had to deal with all the emotional baggage that goes with this and this the teenage years with my stepdaughters which is when it really became fraught because I think when they were younger they'd come and stay with us and we'd read them bedtime stories and we'd do fun things with them but when they become teenagers you get this sort of rage at times where they they're starting to do their own thing and they're not prepared to listen to your rules and yeah. they want to they're pushing boundaries yes. and they, and they're sort of I'm the woman and I've got teenage I had teenage stepdaughters and they would just you know borrow my bikini chuck it on the floor yeah. wet and you know you just feel really offended yeah I think step parenting is 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 very very tricky um and hats off to all step parents really I think it's a, a minefield um I think as with most things in life there are definite pluses and minuses to parenting alone um both when they're little and with teenagers I mean there's the you know the classic um you know you're you're doing it all yourself which is overwhelming at times you know on a physical level and on an emotional level because you're not you don't have anyone to chat stuff through with um um or or you do have friends or or partners or family or whatever but it's not the other parent so it's different um and the the plus is also that you're doing it all on your own sometimes. I mean, sometimes it's easier. <laughs> yes. Because you can make your own decisions and you can, um, um, you don't have to, yeah, it's it's more simple sometimes. So there are definitely pluses and minuses. I think, um, I mean, my children, they, their dad lives abroad. So for us, it's it's a bit different from maybe other other families. So they are with me most of the time and then they then they go to their dad in Denmark for holidays uh, holiday time um so when they were little that was kind of exciting and easy as they get older they have other things here so it becomes more complicated and I know I'm not alone in that and it's not just because they live a uh, their dad lives abroad they have things they want to do with their mates they don't want to miss out so it becomes a bit like oh it can be a bit of a dilemma for them they want to see their dad they want to spend time with him and they don't want to 
miss out on the stuff here. So they start Such to push back point. a bit on whether they go at all and for how long and all of that. And, and it becomes complicated. And it's easy for the other parent to feel that it's actually about them, whereas yeah. it's not. It's no. actually, it's about the teenager now wanting to form their own groups of yeah. friends and doing things with their yeah. friends in the holidays. And that happens whether you're in this particular yeah. situation or whether you, and I've, I'm seeing other parents now saying, oh, my, my teenagers don't want to be with us. Yes on our holidays yes. and this is a very difficult transition anyway yes. but it's you know it's it increased yeah and it's difficult for the kids because they they feel really torn they definitely you know they don't they want to be with the other parent of course they you know they miss them they want to see them and they also know that the other parent wants to see them so they don't want to disappoint and they want to be a normal teenager and and, and be with their mates so it's it's quite kind of um tricky to navigate sometimes because and we have to as parents if we can which is really hard <laughs> be really emotionally mature in it and and see it from their perspective and and try and not take it personally or or be too disappointed if they don't want to spend that time with us which is really hard and i there was a really heartbreaking exchange i saw which was between a parent who said she was really angry about the way her child was behaving her children hadn't uh done their jobs at home and they'd gone away for the weekend with their father and she felt like she was just having to do everything at mm. home and they were not contributing at all even though they were teenagers and they knew what the the role was they were supposed to be putting their linen in the linen basket and they just left everything all over the room and one mother responded and said actually i was that teenager having <laughs> to go to another parent's yes. house and it's really stressful because you're living out of a bag all the yeah. time and every weekend you're somewhere else yeah. and she said, you know, th this is this is a very upsetting thing for some teenagers. And there was another person who pitched in and said, when I was 15, I moved in with my father and that was that was it. My, you know, my mother wasn't involved and we burnt my bag and the yeah. bag symbolized all the transient movements and the difficulty of having to be in one house. And, uh, you know, it's like living out, a, out of a suitcase when you're yeah. in a hotel. Yeah. So there is an element of that. There can and be. I think there it's can different be. for different children and for different circumstances. You're but absolutely right. It depends on how they deal with that and how the parents manage it, I think, as well. Uh, yes. It's different, but definitely there can be an element of that. Yes. And, and adolescents tend to want to move away from the control of their parents. So there will be an element of pushback. Mm. And when you're a lone parent, you know, it can be that they will take advantage of your situation. So they might ask the other parent for something. Oh, totally. <laughs> <laughs> They're really smart kids. <laughs> yes. They really know what's going on. They might not like everything. They know if there's a game to be played, they, you know, they, they know what that looks like. And would you be using mindfulness techniques for things like that? So, you know, you've got a situation where um, one parent has said, oh, well, you know, yes, you can have your phone unlimited use. Yeah. And the other parent is saying, no, we need to control this. Yeah. For a situation like that, how would you help a parent cope yeah. When, when they feel that they're being undermined by the other parent as well. It's a really good question. Yeah, I really lean on my mindfulness massively. Um, and I think it's a really good way to separate, you know, how much of this is triggering me as a person and as, uh, you know, maybe there's fallout from from the you know the old relationship which there always is and I I mean I used to be pretty judgmental actually before before I got divorced I would be you know looking at parents who'd got divorced and 
they seem to be making a bit of a hash of it, in my humble opinion. And, you know, why could they not just park their rubbish and, you know, get on with it for the kids? And it was really, surely, surely that's obvious, right? And then it happens to you. And it's really, really hard. It's really, really painful. And depending on, you know, why your relationship broke down and all of the ins and outs. But it's really hard. And um, it's uh, very, very triggering. So mindfulness is very <laughs> helpful. Yeah, yeah. And it's learning our own triggers. What's triggering me? Is that something to do something that's really old that's triggering me with my ex so I can deal with that myself? Or is it something to do with the kid's in this moment and how can I manage that but it's always building you know building that buffer zone between our trigger our knee-jerk reaction which can be really strong in a, in a painful situation like that and going away from the situation taking a breath you know literally leaving the room if you have to taking a breath so that you can come back you don't have to do things I mean you no. don't have to say things it's that's a very interesting point and I think for me as someone who's parented in a way where I had a partner who literally was emotionally and, and mentally absent mm. from the you yeah. know <laughs> uh, I think the experience that I've had means that I've learned communication that's very clear no expecting. If you kind of think that person should have anticipated this and this is what I need, but I haven't actually been very clear mm. about it, then you can't really expect them, particularly if it's somebody you're divorced from. But yeah. but even when it's your partner, if you're not prepared to say, well, this is really what I need and, and being clear about it, then it's not, you're, you're going to get nowhere to where that can happen. Yes. So, you know, when I've parent when I've coached parents where they've got two people who parent in very different styles, it's often about trying to say to them, so you need to actually sit back and think what what actually matters to me here and and take pick your battles. Mm. But when you do have an important thing that needs to be done or said or negotiated, don't be emotional about it. You need to actually write it down and say, okay, you can say, well, here are my emotions about it, but yes. here are the facts and here is what I need to convey and then explain it. And I found that by being much clearer about what I want has made a big difference to getting what I yeah, want. Yeah, that's a really, really good point. I really like that because we get really emotional with it. I mean, I definitely have done that. Um, even <laughs> Yeah, and even though I've been doing this for years, it's still, you know, it's still, I still have to, it's a massive red flag. Um, but to take, to try and take the emotion out because when I think when we're, we're co-parenting or whatever name you want to give it, when, you, when you're divorced and, and the parents are not living together, um, there's a lot of practical logistics involved. Um, and emotions aren't really helpful, but they t obviously get totally tangled up in that. And it's also just, just writing a list of all the things you're having to do yeah. and then saying, well, what are the what are the easy fruit here that I can hand over? Mm. That's not about a power struggle with my the, the partner mm. or um, it's actually something where I can find someone else can, who can fit in with yes, this. Absolutely. Even if it's a friend or somebody, you know, trying to just offload yeah. some of those difficult things and what yeah what can I let go of emotionally as well because I think we have and it's all about expectations isn't it like you were saying it's our expectations as well as you know the communication of them but our, our expectations from a starting point because when they are with their dad you know that they're with their dad and that's different you know that's not going to be as I do at home and if I'm trying to make it that way or being frustrated in any way who's that helping who's that serving nobody <laughs> it's just 
really getting on my nerves. Um, so what can I let go of? And I actually got to the point when they were younger where, where um, I thought, okay, they are loved and they're safe. The end. Yes. That's it. Yes. Everything else is details. Such a great point. Um, and I think that... That's hard to practice. <laughs> <laughs> but there are benefits also to them being in an environment which is a bit different. Yeah, Because, um, I mean, it is hard because teenagers will say, well, you know, who, sh- who should I be listening to? Mm. You know, But at the same time, you can say, no, I see the rules this way for this reason. Yes. Your other parent sees them this way. He has his own reasons. And I can see, and, and actually the teenager starts to see that there aren't black and whites yes. and yeah. life can be done differently. The thing is you have to think what's best and yes. I'm doing what I think is best for you. Then somehow you can navigate that yes. in a positive way yeah. so that they learn to pick and choose what yeah. really matters to I them. I actually think it can be a massive gift because I think you can have it, like you say, you have two different, well, two different cultures. I mean, mine have actual different cultures because it's a different country, but each family has its own culture. Sure. Um, and when we're only in one, we think that's the normal and that's how the whole world is, which is also okay. That's that's how I was brought up. But um, I think it's a gift to say, okay, well, oh, they do it differently here mm. and, and they do it differently here. Ergo, there must be lots of ways of living. Like it's suddenly the whole world has opened up. And when they become teenagers, they are really able to see that, okay, well, dad does it that way, mum does it that way. And, and as you say, if you explain it, well, you know, I'm, I'm sure – dad absolutely has his reasons for doing that even if you don't know what they are even if you disagree you can go i don't know what they are i'm but i and i'm sure he has his reasons and this is how we do it here yes now i want to talk about um you know dating and uh-huh. having someone else in the relationship <laughs> and one of the things that i did see in terms of male and female role models was you know there's not somebody around so whether they're traveling a lot because they're in the army or they're they're working away a lot or they're just not they're, they're absent most of the time having so you know let's say you're male at home and you've got the the wife's out at work all the time and you're trying to give role models you're trying to explain how the world works because teenagers are now thinking okay what kind of adult am I going to be what kind of relationships will I form you know who am who are my people I'm looking up to um, if that other person's away all the time you need to be looking for opportunities to be positive about the opposite sex particularly if the other person's toxic with you or in that relationship so rather than say oh you know they're all like that you really need to say oh but there's this other man who does this or Mm -hmm. there's this other woman who's working like that so there are lots of ways to be a woman yes there are lots of ways to be a man and and also you know I'm not the only woman in the world (laughs) you know and the way that I'm living my life is just you know a function of how my life has panned out yeah yeah, I think that's really important. I mean, I did find it when when the kids were younger and, and they have, you know, different developmental phases and we're talking about teenagers and, and I have two boys and, and a daughter. And for the boys, I was always really aware of trying to find them male role models because, you know, they're in a school environment where, you know, they were quite lucky. They had some male teachers, but when they were younger, you know, it's predominantly female, um, but they do have male. But but also, you know, friends, dads, and it's really important. Um, I, I found that quite tricky, actually. Um, and I'm not sure I I was super successful with it, but it, it was definitely an awareness I had because they, they go through developmental stages where they need the same sex 
as a mirror, as a, you know, how, how do I be a man? Yes. <laughs> and, yes. Look at it, and, and they have got a dad, of course, but they were, you know, they see him for much less a of little comp- time. Yeah. Yes. Um, Chunks of time. Really so, so when it comes to dating, I know that your new relationship is, is, is not that old. And um, how did, how have you navigated, you know, having a new partner or, you know, dating in the past? Yeah, interesting question. I haven't checked with him. I can talk about that. <laughs> I'm okay, so, so <laughs> no, I'm sure it's fine. I'm just kidding. Just kidding. No, we've been really careful. Actually, we've been. He has children um, and is divorced, um, and we've been really aware and and careful because it's it's. Um, I mean, they're older. It's very, very different. So they, uh, there's more time now. And I think we talked we talked about it earlier in, in a previous podcast about how suddenly your teenagers are off and you suddenly have time on your hands. And I think that's even more exaggerated what it was for me anyway, because I was I mean, with three small kids sure. for years on my own. That was my life. And then suddenly they're off doing their own thing. And I was left going, oh. I need to get a life. <laughs> Maybe I should try and date. Um, and yeah, so we've been we've been really cautious and careful, and 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 it's and it's really lovely actually. The kids are amazing; they're brilliant. Um, and and a kind of I think there's a slight um, element of relief that that oh, mummy's not on her own, not on her own, <laughs> and someone likes her. That's good. <laughs> That's a really good point. That's a really good point. It's my no, mum it's lovable. fun. It's really fun, and they yeah they're enjoying it. It's really really good. So for me, I met my stepdaughter's um, father when they were very little. So I've been through the entire thing. I didn't meet them as teenagers, but I have been through the teenage years. And from what I've read. Girls who have a stepmother, that's one of the most difficult things to navigate because there's the jealousy, the feeling that they're, I mean, you know, one of my stepdaughters when she was very little just kept saying she didn't want me there. And, you know, when I picked her up and put her on my knee and I said, why, why do you feel like that, sweetie? She said, because then my daddy won't love me. And it was very sweet because it was really poignant because she could be, she could express it. And I said, darling, that's impossible for your daddy to not love you. But, you know, a teenager probably won't say that. They'll just act out in other ways. Yeah. Yeah, You have to have antennae out. I mean, particularly with my daughter, I'm really aware um, and we're, we're both really aware. He's brilliant at being aware of that um, so that she doesn't feel because we're quite close and we do spend time together with the boys as well. But it's diff- I think it's a bit different um, that that she doesn't feel that somebody's coming in and, and, and taking taking me away from her, that it's an addition, not a not a deficit. And that's the key, isn't it? Yeah. It's that they need to feel it's an addition. But there's this very important understanding that, um, I re- again, it was in a talk with Eric Sigmund all those years ago, when I said, oh, um, the, I'm seeing some concerning behaviour from my stepdaughters, mm. what do you think? And he said, I'm just going to tell you now, you don't really have much control there. No. You know, you are the stepmother. This is not the same thing as being a parent. And you need to understand that. And navigating it's going to be much more complex mm. and in a way you kind of have to accept that you're not and you, you need to be asked to be their parent yes they need to, to make that decision not the other way around and you're never going to I've said to my stepdaughters I'm not your mum I'm no. never going to be your mum no. you know and and that's okay yeah I'm not trying to do that no I think when they're little it's it's very different I mean I haven't been a stepparent um uh, when when my kids were little, so I don't know what that was would have been like. Um, but I think when they're te- when now they're teenagers, I think it's very different because they are um, they're just a, a 
a different stage developmentally. They don't need another parent to come in and, and nurture them sort of physically in that way anymore. So it's more of a, a friendship-based thing. Mm. And I think that can be really beautiful if you navigate it positive. well. Um, and I think for the kids, it's a sort of balance, for mine anyway, I can only talk about my own, um, a balance between they want me to be with somebody because they can see that that's really nice for me and they're also off doing their own thing. They don't. Nobody wants to think of their mum sort of sucked. not that I was I've got a lot of friends just putting out there (laughs) but you know that it's a nice thought for them that I'm not on my own and I'm still their mum and we have been this really tight unit for years so oh what's that like how's that going to work um I I remember my daughter coming in I was having a shower once it was it was she was a bit younger and and I had had a relationship that had ended and I had we talked about it and then we talked about oh you know we'll find someone else and you, you know just wait and see and she just came in she came, uh mom you know that you're gonna find someone else um it's not going very well is it <laughs> oh. <laughs> i just oh. roared with laughter it was the funniest thing i'd ever heard and um but there's this element that they want it they want yes. they want yes. you to be happy they want you as a parent to be happy well hopefully yeah, <laughs> it's not no, always that simple i i know somebody who has taken on the children of her partner who have been very damaged by the relationship Mm. with their mother who, um, in fact, the court has ruled that they can't have access to her. And they're teenagers and it's very, very, very difficult. And the one thing I said to her when she, because she said, you know, I'm trying to, I'm having to parent them. I've got no choice about it. And the difficulty I've got is I've got two teenagers who've been brought up by me in the house. And then I've got these two teenagers who've had this chaotic upbringing and it's really complicated and difficult. And she said, you know, whenever I try and tell them they need to do something, I get the eye roll and I get the back chat. And And, uh, the only advice I could give her was to couch every time she says, you know, you need to do this. And they should get some pushback is to say, isn't it awful to have somebody who really cares about you Mm. in your life? I'm not your mum, I know, but I actually really care. And I'm trying to do the best for you so that you turn into a human being that feels successful. And that's the best you can, you know, it's about sort of just saying, being explicit about what you're trying to do. You're not trying to crush their nascent power and their adulthood is that actually you're just as another parent, another person in the home who can be there for them yeah and they will see that but because you know teenagers will off they'll push back they'll push back with whatever that's a really really difficult situation mm. for her to be in but they will hear it and it will go in yes yes this is it it's it's that i think what often happens with parents that i talk to is they say ah my, my teenager won't tell me anything oh she's just, don't believe your teenager isn't listening just don't believe no. it when they look emotionally closed off or they're just like, oh, my mum's always inside. They're crying out mm. for love and attention. Yeah. So you just have to like your fantastic mantra. It's not personal. It's not personal. It's not personal. <laughs> you have to sort of just really keep not. checking in with them and saying, OK, you, yeah. you know, where are we now? Yeah. So if you've got a new partner, don't bring them in immediately. So I was dating my husband for six months before I met his children mm even though they were little, and he was immediately keen for me to meet them. And I said, they don't need a parade of women no. going through their life. They need stability. So we need to know that we're in a relationship for definite yes, before this, 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 we start yeah. introducing children into yeah. this mix. And so, and I think that's still the case with teenagers definitely. because they're looking at what you're doing, yeah. 
how is my parent is my how, how is my dad treating other women yes. how is how is my mum dating yeah. and and they they're constantly taking cues from how you behave absolutely absolutely i think that's absolutely critical um and also to build the you know basis of a of a good good family home life i i spoke to all my kids not so much my eldest um because it was it was just seemed to be less relevant he has a girlfriend and who stays over so you know we did have a conversation but with with my twins i yeah, i spoke to them both on their own and said this is what's i'm think we're thinking of is it, how do you feel about that um not even is that all right with you but how you know how do you feel about that um and they reacted amazingly they were brilliant and each time just you know for for quite a long time to start with is that all right with you how do you feel um until it wasn't necessary anymore um but they really appreciated it i mean my my boy made joke to start with he was like yeah it's fine is this is this family therapy <laughs> but he did appreciate it do you want it to be family therapy? yeah yeah we can do that too come and sit down darling <laughs> um but um i explained it in a way that you know we've been here the four of us as this you know a very close-knit um, unit unit mm. thank you um, <laughs> and um somebody else coming in however that looks like you know whether it's for a little bit a lot whatever um you know, we're in this together. How do you feel about it? I just want everyone to feel comfortable, but I don't want to, to also ask too many questions and make it weird the other way. So mm. it's a balance. One of the other things is, you know, in terms of if you get a blended family, the, the teenagers, it's really important not to just look at them as free babysitting, for example, because they will just end up resenting the yes. situation. Um, and I'd love some tips from you because of your mindfulness background on how parents who are you know, they feel the, the the huge stress of being a single parent or a lone parent or, a, you know, what if, if your children are really overreacting, mm. they're being teenagers, what kind of, and, and your partner is being very difficult or mm. doing things differently. Are there, are there key things that you tend to do mm. to help yourself sort of cope and navigate? Yeah, definitely. Um, sometimes more successfully than others. Um, I mean, lockdown was quite stressful um, with three teenagers, um, totally just the four of us. Um, and at the same time, my eldest had very um, horrible back issues. So it was quite a stressful time. Um, and and obviously we couldn't escape and vent with other people. <laughs> so, yeah, it was really relevant then. And and it's just basics that are doable. So even, I mean, I've practiced mindfulness for years and, and, and have, you know, tools, but you can do really quick things um and i used it even yesterday i was having a conversation with with my eldest which was a bit of a tricky conversation um and i said you know we were both a bit and i said right i'd like to speak to you i just need five minutes of your time and i went into his bedroom and um i just backtracked and went actually do you know what i i need to go away and think about what i want to say i'm not ready to talk right now um i'll come back in 10 15 minutes and uh, he was like, oh, okay, that's good. Um, and we did. So we had a, a calm conversation rather than a... Rah. I love that. We, you know, whether you're at loggerheads one-to-one -one with the other parent, whether you're with your child and you're trying to navigate something mm. very difficult, we have this tendency in this quick response culture yeah. that we have to say something yeah. immediately. No, it's actually great to step away yeah. and think, okay, really what's going on yeah. here? And, and go away and to, think, yes. yes. And he really appreciated that. He was like, mm. okay, that's fine. Mm. So doing that, um, and not, you don't have to answer, you don't have to fix things immediately and it's often not very helpful. Yes. Take I, a breath, you know, get n balance your nervous, because our nervous system goes into 
spasms <laughs> mm-hmm. and it's rebalancing that and that is through the breath mm. um um and I I think an interesting one would be because I've read a lot of about journaling and and how helpful that can mm. be. And one of the big complaints I've heard from people who've lived as teenagers with divorcing parents is that one of the parents will vent to the teenager yes. about the other parent. And we'll come on to this next week because mm. I have some great fun thing mm. about um, what kind of parent are you? Brilliant. You know, parenting stars. And you don't want to be a friend. You're not a friend, no. you're a parent. So it's really important that you don't keep telling the teenager the terrible things the other no, parent did. Don't, don't talk about that. You need another way to vent. Yeah. And so you need to actively think, right, I'm going to, I need a release valve. Where's yeah. it going to be? Because it can't be the teenager yeah, because you will push not. them away. Well, it's, it's just, it's also, it's on an, on another level, it's only painful for them to hear, only painful. to it's hear true. bad things about the other parent because they love both parents. Yeah. Uh, they might even have a difficult relationship with one of the parents, but they love them. And it's only really painful for them to hear bad things. It's really confusing and, and never useful. And that's part of their, that's half of their DNA. Yeah, Right there. So you're saying stuff that sounds like it's part of who, who that person yeah. is. And it's so tempting, like, oh my God, it's tempting. <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, you give, of course they pick up on if something's, if something bigger is up and it's difficult, they, of course they pick up on it. But they also hear the words you're using and they, you know, it's really important that we can be emotionally mature enough to not do that. Are you a single parent or just having to fly solo a lot of the time? What kind of stresses do you have to deal with? Who's got your back when things are tough? Do you allow yourself time out in the week? We'd love to hear from you. Find us on Facebook, Instagram or help at teenagersuntangled.com. Now, Simon is living with what some people might call a typical teenager. He says, my son is mostly moody with the odd spell of thunder. It brings everyone down. What can I do about it? And how do I know if it's just typical teenager or something worse? (laughs) Now, I've I've done some research on this. It's really interesting because the changes that happen in the teenage brain start when the hypothalamus releases a protein called kispeptin. And this triggers the pituitary gland to release testosterone, estrogen and progesterone. And those hormones are the things that stimulate the changes we recognise in puberty. Now, these high levels of hormones make them ultra responsive. So, you know, there's no other time in your life where this quantity of hormones and slightly unbalanced hormones are coming out. And so, for example, if they hear a sad song, they're going to feel much more intensely about that and I, I remember the, the book High Fidelity where who was the author I can't remember the author's name but he was just saying um, I don't know if I'm sad because the songs I'm listening to are sad or whether I'm listening to sad songs because I'm sad <laughs> and it yeah. sums up teenage years it you know does, and you're yeah. just listening to these really yeah. depressing lyrics and, yeah. and I was Depeche like, Mode yeah yeah and it feels a bit delicious doesn't it to feel that yeah, that horrible sadness. Stick that knife in a bit harder <laughs> and cry a bit more. You know, it's just, it's very funny. So that we, we, this is something we all recognise and, yeah. and, and almost all of us have gone through. Yeah. And teenagers are also 
prone to higher levels of anxiety. And they're not just being dramatic. There's um, the hormone allopregnanolone, which is released in the brain in times of stress. It calms us down. But um, this hormone changes during puberty mean that it can actually have the opposite effect in teenagers. Gosh, that's interesting. Yeah. And these circadian rhythms, which are being messed up because of the changes in the sleep pattern. um, And that, again, makes it harder for them to respond in a very level way. So we're asking a lot of our teens. Yes. And the, the advice, the main advice I got was basically educate your teen. Yeah, absolutely. I think that's a great idea. I'm just definitely. Do you have moody teenagers? Oh, yes. Really? Yeah, 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 yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Totally. Mine have thunderclouds that just pass. Yeah. And then. And then there's there are tears and then it's gone. Yeah, no, they've they've I mean I have three and they're very different with their moods, very different. Um and I think it's it's on different levels as most things, you know, it's how do we respond to it? How does it trigger us? You know, the it's not personal mantras I find helpful in that situation. Um, as they're telling you to get lost and get out of your room and all of that <laughs> kind of stuff. It's not personal, it's not personal. Um and then also helping them deal with it because it can be a bit overwhelming and frightening for them. I had yes. one of my boys was, um, it, it was a while back now, but he'd get these waves of anger and he's not an angry kid at all. And it would be like, I, I don't know what's going on. I, I just don't know what's going on. And I found it helpful with mine is to give the, and it's, um, you know, part of mindfulness as well, is the idea that uh, everything's temporary. Nothing lasts forever because I think we get fixed, don't we? Oh, there's this horrible feeling. I'm going to have it forever. And this is now. who I am. Yes, yeah, this is who I am exactly. But it will pass. It's a phase. It's, it I might be a long that. phase, or it might last five minutes, but it will pass. And that's where the facts come in. So the, yes. the the facts about the hormones, and then also, until about fifteen or twenty years ago, it was assumed that teenage behaviour was almost entirely down to those hormonal changes. Yes. It's not. It's because the brain, yeah. when they've looked at the brain scans, they've realised this this massive rewiring that's going on in the brain and this really impacts on so many areas of a teenager's life so there's there's a fantastic youtube video by dan siegel it's called the adolescent brain i really recommend everybody sits down with a teenager and just watches that because it's a really wonderful explanation that's brilliant advice i think it's great to give them education about it and I think it's um, also tuning into our own individual kids. Um, I mean, it took me ages, took me years to understand, really understand that if they're in the middle of having a strop, just leave them alone. <laughs> uh, yeah, absolutely. Because <laughs> I jump in and go, what's wrong? And tell me and I can I help or whatever or get triggered by it myself. And, you know, especially for, for one of my kids, she just needs to go away mm. and be on her own and then... And then I'll go to her or she'll come to me and, and we talk about it then, but not. Because the they're surfing a wave yeah. and you're and you're trying to crash the wave. They, they kind of, they need to just get yeah. through that. that. Yeah. But it's and our own needs to fix them. To, yes, because to, as parents, it's terrifying. Yeah. You want, you look at your child and think, oh my God, what's happening? Yeah. I need to have it. You can leave them and, and, you know, come up into their room, you know, maybe a few minutes later with a biscuit or a drink and just go, you know, you're right. Mm. Hey, do, you, do you want to chat? No, fine. Then go away. And so that they really understand that you're not trying to pry you you are just there mm-hmm. um, and you're not reacting you're not you don't get dragged into that no. because it, it's very easy to think to panic and think i've got this you know moody you know, stroppy yeah. rude teenager yeah. and feel like you need to clamp down on yeah. it straight away because otherwise they're going to turn into the most awful adult yeah. and it's all a reflection of yeah. you no it's not no no just just no it can feel a bit <laughs> shameful away. i can't say yes. what have i done although i although setting boundaries is really good and i, I actually did that yesterday with my others you know 
I get that you get annoyed when that happens. So there's something that particularly triggers him, and we talked about it before. And what you say, I mean, he's a bit older now as well, uh, is is unacceptable. Oh, Susie, you're, you're, I'm so glad you mentioned that because it's the main issue for Simon, from what I can see, that his teen is not only having these terrible moods that we you know, obviously become concerned about, but it's also affecting everyone around him, which actually is quite common. And I think there are a lot of people who go through life without realising how much their moods affect everyone else. Even my husband does this. He gets grumpy or cross and he hasn't, he just switches into this mode where he doesn't notice how everybody else is feeling. So you can sit at the table thinking, God, you know, what, we can't have a conversation because he's in such a bad mood. So it's about helping him to see how he needs to, how he's affecting other people and what he can do to alleviate the tension himself. And also, you know, it's not acceptable to drag everybody else down when you're having one of these moods. So uh, there's a great book by Dr. Stephen Peters called The Chimp Paradox. And I love it because he talks about how we all have a chimp, which is the emotional part of our brain that responds very quickly to stimulus and tries to sabotage what we want to do. So it's the chimp. When you get up in the morning and you think, right, I'm going to go for a run. And the chimp saying, I'm not sure you really want to do that. It's going to be hard and look, it's cold. Us. And it just tries to talk you out of all the good behavior. So we can't help what chimp we have. But it is our responsibility to train it. So this is a very useful thing to talk to your teenager about, which separates this emotional moodiness from who they are as an entire person. So being able to step away and say, ah, that's my chimp. So we can discuss these techniques with the teenager, not when they're in the throes of a mood, and just help them find ways to release the pressure. So and in a way that's not going to impact everybody else. So do they need to walk up to their room? Okay, I'm feeling really moody. Maybe now is the time to step away until I can just, you know, feel less like this. Um, do I need support from my parents? Do I need to go for a walk outside? Will that elevate my mood? What Do I need to eat something? Get your teen to think through be- ahead of time the sorts of things that help them and let them go ahead with doing that and don't interrupt. And encouraging your teen to eat healthily for a mood boost because uh, this is an area that is really exciting in science where they've started to understand that all those neurons that are in your brain, you've got the same thing going on in your gut. Mm. In fact, I think they say there are more and which is extraordinary. So when they say, you know, I just felt it in my gut, well, actually, <laughs> that means that is Amazing. meaningful. That's real. Yes. And the problem is that we've ignored our guts for, you know, for, for, for millennia, probably. And what's been happening is you feed it food thinking that that's just an evacuation tube. It's not. So talking to your child about healthy eating and how that can stabilize their yes. hormones, it can stabilize their moods, it can lift them. Because, you know, when we're feeling depressed, we reach for a biscuit and, yeah. then, you yeah. know, and it becomes a vicious cycle. Um, there's an amazing podcast I've been listening to called Gutology, which really goes into the, the minutiae of what's going on in your gut Brilliant. in a really interesting way. Yeah. And everyone, they give you top tips about yeah. how you can help your gut, how you can feed it. Yeah. So whilst this isn't a gut podcast, this is actually important. The, the whole nutrition thing yeah. is really important for teenagers because you, you are what you eat. That's a brilliant tip. I'm going to look that podcast out. That sounds good. Yeah. And then keeping calm is the one of the best things. So while your child is is riding those waves, as you said, we somehow need to find ways where we can be 
the you know we can be the beach yeah you know that with that way we're the beach okay and we yeah. need to stay the beach we can't get in the water too much because yeah. it's just going to aggravate the situation absolutely ideally and with the you know the caveat that we're not going to stay on as the beach or on the beach or no we are going to jump in the water sometimes because we're human beings and to have compassion with that and and then explain it afterwards i've done that multiple times gone that triggered me and i went crazy or whatever happens um i'm sorry and it's okay to get into that conversation (laughs) yeah it's okay so so in modeling it so saying to kids look i'm not perfect i get things wrong but you know what i've come back in again we're going to talk about this and this mantra you use um it's not personal Daily. there's also this too shall pass <laughs> yes absolutely this, this is not going to be a permanent because it, it is that panic yeah. state of thinking oh god who is this who is this person yeah they're turning into yeah. it's not that's not no, the person and also the idea it's a transition from mindfulness that you know our thoughts aren't always true in fact quite often they're not mm. and we jump to the worst case scenario because we have a, that negative bias in our minds and we particularly with our children because it's so triggering it's so important to us we jump to worst case scenario and we have you know a catastrophe on our hands and it's maybe not even that so it's you know, yeah just reminding ourselves okay is this actually true or did i just make mm. all of that up <laughs> yes i love that and saying to the teenager you know because sometimes i they say oh i don't know what's wrong with me and you mm. say you're a teenager yeah. Dying. it's okay it's, fine. it's okay yeah. <laughs> stopping them from panicking about yeah, it you know not. what kind of person are they turning into yeah. um parents desperately want their kids to be happy so the big question is at what point do we literally have to step in do we actually have to do something you know is it depression is it is it moodiness or is it depression yeah, so a really good there's a fantastic uh, on it's healthcare. I'll put all these links in the podcast at healthcareutah.edu. I looked up um, and there's a Dr. Thomas Conover, who's a child and adolescent psychiatrist who's taking care of teens with and without depression. And so he was asked, well, what, how do you know? Mm. And he said, there are key questions I will ask. I'll never assume anything when they come to me because there are lots of cover up behavior. But he said, yeah. first of all, how long has this moodiness been going on? So my kid is coming home, they're sullen, they go and sit in their room, they don't come down, you know, what's going on? Mm. How long have they been like this? Has it been consistent Mm. day after day after day? How severe is it? So is it just moodiness and irritability? Are we talking about something that looks much darker? Um, where they just don't want to talk about things at all because we get we all get those waves of misery and and happy days and everything. Mm. But you know it's and if, when you're going into see them and you're saying, "Are you okay? You mm. know, do you want to talk?" And they go, "No, I don't want to talk." Mm. Um, you know, keep keep at that because at some point they may be ready to talk. Yeah. Um, and is that youth functioning? So are they? Were they normally someone who liked going out and playing cricket? Were they somebody who used to meet up with their mates and then? None of that is happening. Are yeah. they eating? What has have they changed their normal functioning? So knowing what your child, your teenager's normal is yeah. can be helpful here. But it's and if those three are you know a little bit of a flag, yeah. it's very very important to keep an eye on that yes. and always don't don't hesitate to get yeah. professional help if you're, you're genuinely worried. Yeah. Contact the GP early. Yeah, I think social media can also be helpful in that and the respect that you can kind of hear what your kids are doing in their mm. room. Um, that's a plus of it. And and I found um, uh, my eldest had horrible backache in, in lockdown and I thought, oh, God, I hope he's, is he all right? Because that's horrible to have chronic pain every day and not be able to go out and all of those things. And But then I could hear 
you know, on social media or gaming, what he was doing. He was having a great time. So I thought, oh, he's okay. <laughs> okay he's fine. Yes. He's okay. Um, he laughs with his friends. It's just me. It's just me, which is fine. Yeah, so, yeah, because I'm making him do physio every day. <laughs> but the, he's okay. Um, and yeah, and the, their window of what, the, their, what their norm is. But that does change, doesn't it, for teenagers anyway. But, and also... Um, I don't know, we can we can change our energy and if they respond to that, they usually do, don't they? Like if you, I don't know, I can be a bit silly in our house. <laughs> like if you put on music and are mucking about, they usually, they'll, they'll either join in in a kind of, mum, you're so lame, what are you doing kind of way, <laughs> but giggling. Um, and if they don't respond to any of that, then maybe there's, you know, maybe, Something maybe a bit just, bigger. just keep an eye on it. Um, yeah, because they do. They will fluctuate with you. You set the tone, and they usually rise with it or fall with it. Yes. Key emergencies are any threats of acts of self harm. Take it seriously. Yeah. I mean, you may think, oh, they're playing me, but really, do you yeah. want to take that risk? No. Threats yeah. of acts of suicidal nature or serious aggression as yeah. well. This isn't, you know, when when there's, there's a fine line, isn't there, when you're trying to give your testosterone filled. Um, child a means of and it's not just boys girls can feel this where yeah. they need to express it and I've got a stepdaughter who does craft because she gets angry and she wants to be able to to channel it Brilliant. which is a really super yeah. healthy way of channeling it so if they are expressing a lot of aggression you need to find with them a way of dealing with yes. that or get help because yeah. they they have to. They, these are these are things that can then end up being a real problem. Yeah, because aggression is usually a reaction to something else. To something else, yeah. exactly, exactly. There are lots of places to get information. There's the American Academy of Pediatrics. I've got these all American. American Academy of Child and Adolescent Psychiatry. These are websites that you right. can go onto. You can pick through. There are lots of lots of information about you know what to look out for, Brilliant. what your child's doing. We will on another podcast talk about self harm, and another one will talk about anxiety. These are all really big topics, yeah. so we don't want to sort of. F- Yes. <laughs> and the next five hours. Brilliant. They have lots so of information. Um, really brilliant. As long as we're not then sort of going, oh my God, they've got everything. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. And, the, you know, rather than the, ch- the teenager just going through a teenage spell. Yeah. Yes. Oh, they are, you know, clinically depressed. Yeah. Because you know, they've got all these symptoms, you know. It's, yeah. It, but yeah. The information's brilliant. Yes. And books, books for, for managing to, to sort of unpick how you do these things if you can't, because not everyone has the money or the access if no. the, the local health centre can't give you help. Mm. You, there are ways. And actually, what's been amazing about COVID is that these problems have now become much more talked about. And there are lots of people you can reach out to online who do online therapy, not yeah. simply one to one. Yeah, which is very, very helpful. Yeah. I would also say if they are miserable, depressed, or whatever, it, 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 people feel like this is intrusive, but you really need to see what they're accessing online. It's yeah. very important because there's been a lot of talk about this. So I'm sure a lot of parents are aware, but there are... Um, and they haven't all been shut down. There are groups and uh, sites on various social media which encourage yes. encourage people's depression, yeah. and they encourage and they'll they may feel like they see, need to self medicate, so they may start t- trying to turn to drugs to lift their mood. Yeah. So stepping in and saying there are ways you yeah. can help your you yeah. know if you're feeling depressed. 
there are things that we can do yes. and I'm with you yeah. and I want to help you if you feel that you want some help. Yeah, absolutely. And and trying to, to judge how to, to talk to our specific kids. I know just with my three, I mean, I can, as I've said before, I can only talk about my own three, but um, I would approach it in a very different way with mm. all of them because, you know, some of them, two of them are really private. So if I was to go right now, so you sit down with me and talk about them, they'd be like, there's nothing wrong, nothing. <laughs> um, so we have to learn how to listen to our Well, you can leave kids. information out. So you can say. Yeah, or just, you know, in other areas yeah. that they're talking, if you're always available to listen and, mm. and tune into how do they talk, um, then then you already have that channel. So true. And so true. I mean, on an aside, it's so interesting that I've realised as my teenagers grew up, my, my stepdaughters, that you you kind of have to find the channel that they use to communicate. Yeah. So one of them, if I WhatsApp, I'll always get a response. Yes. Well, mostly. No, actually, that's not true. It's just a bit <laughs> flaky, but it doesn't matter. And the other one, it's always Facebook, for example. Mm. And that's why I'm on these social media platforms, yes. why I went originally, because yeah. I thought, oh, they're on, I, you know, obviously there's a way they communicate. Yes. As an adult, you can't be on Snapchat. Everybody thinks you're a pervert if you're on Snapchat. <laughs> you're over, what, I don't know, 15, 16. So, so you have to find the platform where they will respond. Yes, and, yeah. Because sometimes they don't want to talk to you. They no, just want they to don't. find it's a different fine. way. And times of day as well, like one of yeah. mine, it's bedtime. Another one, it's the morning, you know. And another one, it's if there's food involved, then he'll come. So <laughs> that that's what we do. We go, do you want to go and get some junk food if I think something's up? <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, subconsciously, they're so smart. They, if you're a bit distracted or stressed or something's going on in your life, they're going to be like, where's mum? Where's mum? Yeah. Oh, um, and then they don't maybe not conscious about it. They don't know how to get a response. So, well, she normally responds if I am grumpy, <laughs> shout a bit. So I'm going to do that. So it's it's all of that. All of it. It's so complicated. Right. <laughs> That's why we're here. We just get, this could go on forever. Oh, yeah. <laughs> we'll be old ladies going and then the teenagers. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> anyway, Absolutely. Um, next week we'll look at different parenting styles like the ice king, the hot and cold tap. And how to be a true parent. Did, I can't wait. Yeah. It's a really fun exercise. I used to uh, do it in Parent Gym. Yeah. So I have them to thank for it. And um, I'm a hot and cold tap. But we'll, we'll come on to I that. I don't know why I am. I don't know all the categories yet. No. Exciting. Really, really. <laughs> and then there's dealing with bullying. This time focusing more on the boy's perspective. We're, we're going into this because our last podcast about dealing with navigating friendship groups and helping your, your child and particularly focusing on the girls has gone nuts mm. it's obviously a massive thing yes. for parents and because it's very upsetting yeah and um i relate to that yeah, and definitely. i think we we need to let's go at it from a different angle and look at how how boys fare because yeah. they struggle they with just their, all their own stuff mm. so um and you can help me with that because i don't have any boys <laughs> <laughs> i'd love to if i can but i'll ask my husband because he's had lots of experience yeah um, we'd love to hear from you. We can be found on Facebook and Instagram. You can email us at help at teenagersuntangled.com. Don't forget to subscribe and review us on places like Spotify and Audible so you don't miss an episode. And tell your friends. Yes. Right, you've made it to the end of this episode. If you're still in the bath, that water has probably gone cold. You could get out now or maybe a little top up with a hot tap and take five more minutes just for you. Goodbye. Bye-bye for now. <laughs>